Hi, this is Mark Eltringham. You won't be hearing anything else from me after this introduction because this episode of the podcast features a conversation about the well-being of women in the workplace featuring Sally Gunnell and Kate Usher. Sally is the only female British athlete ever to hold the Olympic, World, European and Commonwealth titles for 400 metres hurdles and her world record time still ranks in the top 10 fastest ever. She is now a consultant and commentator on wellbeing issues and frankly, who better? Kate, meanwhile, is a menopause and relationships coach and the author of a new book called Your Second Phase. She works to help people have informed conversations about the challenges that women have in the workplace and the other parts of their lives. She previously had a successful career as a project manager for FTSE 100 companies. And uh, that's all you'll hear from me. So enjoy. My name is Mark Eltringham and this is the Workplace Insight Podcast. I mean, that's one of the areas that you're very, very strong on is your mental strength on the on the track and within sport. And it's massive, isn't it, in sport, your mental aptitude and your men- mental sort of strength oh. and fortitude. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's the thing that I've probably taken most away from my sport that I use on a on a day to day basis. And I think that the whole mental side. And I was chatting to someone this morning. You know, I think you know in a, in an Olympic final or any race. You know, there's not a lot of difference in that higher level of everybody's ability, but the difference is people's mindsets. And I used to say, you know, as much as seventy percent is in the mind. And it was the last part that I had to learn. And it was the bit that, you know, it doesn't come naturally. You know, I was always one of these people that always used to put, I don't know, people on a pedestal or I was, you know, I remember someone saying to me, are you tough enough? Can you do this? You know, and I, and I probably wasn't, but I had to, I had to find ways of learning and, um, you know, and how I was going to apply that into my life. And, yeah, and it and I think it shocked me almost just how much of it is is that mental strength and you know how especially women I think women have what I've come across especially in the in the corporate world now and doing the talks I do and the well being is that you know we always put ourselves down why why is that well it's a it's a, such a natural thing I don't think it's just a British thing I think it's just generally that we always you know put ourselves down and we never yeah. think we're quite good enough and. Um, you know, sometimes it's just spelling out that, you know, there are ways of teaching yourself how you can do this and self-belief. And sometimes you just got to, you know, how you shut that inner voice up. That, that was the, the real critical thing for me. And yeah, believe in yourself. And, you know, we work hard. We've got amazing ability. And we've just got to find that belief in who we are as individuals. And I think that that's, that's a massive part of, of- menopause which is obviously what we're talking about today but when when women come into their menopause it can change so much about them and uh and how they actually deal with their day-to-day lives i mean and it's uh, it's not a a, something that lasts even for a year it can last for four eight twelve years and that continuous attritional nature of it can be extremely wearing and how you approach it how you deal with it how you say I'm going to be this or I want this is really really important those symptoms can be catastrophic for some women Um, and um, I I was wondering if in any of your conversations with corporates or big major organizations if menopause has ever come up if it's ever been a subject that's ever been discussed 
I mean, I think it's really interesting because we're getting asked more and more. We actually do a workshop, which is around uh, women's health and menopause. Yeah, we're actually being asked for it now. Uh, but, it, you know, it's a little bit like mental health in that it's, it's probably behind mental health. You know, I think now we're doing a lot of workshops and, you know, mental health first aiders. And that's been the last couple of years. Whereas now we are actually being asked for, yeah, workshops just on women's health and how that can affect them and you know just not just around the menopause but I think in um, just women's health issues just generally and how we deal with things and that sort of thing yeah and I think I think it's been I think it's been really interesting on a personal note just how you know yes I might have come from a very sort of positive background and what I've learned but you know going through the menopause and as you say you think it's you know I always thought it was just going to be like a year and then that's it but it's yeah someone said oh it could be 10 years I'm like oh great um it's just how anxious I felt you know to and I've never liked that normally um you know something that I've done so many times of standing on stage and and delivering a talk all of a sudden I found the last couple of years I'm doubting myself and got this real sort of like and, and, and it's only been you know probably the last year that I thought I know now know why and it's just yeah. not knowing what how you're feeling and we just don't have the knowledge and I think what we're finding through the corporate well-being it's it's information that's what we need to be able to it's like lots Absolutely. of things it is actual information and I think when we do the workshops, it's interesting that we're getting more and more men in there as well, because I don't, I think it's more that they want to understand what their partners are going through, not just the women at work. Um, and yes, it would be nice to see it much more as a leadership. Um, I think a lot of the work we do is sort of middle management, you know, the workshop yeah. as such. Um, and it would be nice to, that it was more, but we are, we are slowly, slowly seeing that it is one of our really key areas. You know, it sits alongside, you know, mental health and general well-being, And then we have women's well-being, and, and menopause is, is a major part of that as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, there's some social drivers behind that, aren't there? That more and more women are in the workplace and more and more women are in senior roles and therefore more women are demanding that this phase of life and every other phase of female life is being recognised and understood within the workplace because we, we don't leave it at home. We bring it with us. It comes yeah. with us. Unfortunately, we can't leave it at the security gates. All those symptoms and all those issues come with us and that includes pregnancy and you know complex periods endometriosis um, as well as the menopause um, and and as you say women are taught that they have to know it all or they can't put themselves forward they don't have the confidence to be able to say I need this help and we need to be able to tell women that that this is, this is available to them, that they can actually ask for that help and, and companies should be there to, to provide it. And equally, as you say, it's about awareness within the workforce to be able to say, gosh, I know what, what this is. I can see it. I can see that you're sweating it out there and that you're having a hot flush or that all of a sudden that you're having mood swings or that you're having to dash out of the room or... Yeah whatever it might be, or you're, or you're simply feeling anxious. And it's not laughed at, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, yeah. just not flush, you know what I mean? It's like, yes, it's serious. Yeah. What we're seeing is, because we're working longer, age groups, yeah. is, and also I think we're, we're in this sort of like, 
when we're going through our menopause, we're almost in this sort of middle section where we've still got our kids, we're still here, but also we've we've got our grandparents or we've got our mums and dads, you know, because, you know, they're living longer. So all of a sudden we're trying to work, we're trying to keep the household, we're trying to keep the kids happy. We're trying to, you know, look after our parents as well, which is, you know, it is a new area that that we're finding ourselves in and that isn't easy. So I think it's that sort of emotional labour that we're going through as well, which is, you know, not always, you know, yes, there are symptoms of menopause in there and that affects us, but also it's, it's hard to get all that balance, right? And emotionally we're going through changes within our bodies. So it's, it's no doubt that we have this anxiety and, you know, we feel stressed and, and all those sorts of things that we're feeling at the same time. Yeah, and I think that's we are the first sandwich generation that we're looking after the young and the old. Yeah. And as you say, it's extremely tough. And you're trying to maintain your sense of self, who you are, preserve your own ambitions, keep going, keep pushing, keep having that sort of aim at what it is that you want to achieve in life. And that's quite tough when you've got those competing emotional calls at both both ends of the scale I know you do lots of talking about um, and you use your stuff from your athletics about achieving your goals and in that sort of very complex emotional environment you know there must be some things that women can do that can help them absolutely keep that focus on themselves because the most important bit in all of that is themselves because if just like it says on an aeroplane, you have to put your own mask on first. You have to look after yourself. You have to maintain your own health. You have to keep keep looking after yourself and making sure that you're in good health in order to look after your children and your elderly parents. And also to make sure that your mental health is still maintained and you are still achieving your ambitions. I think the thing that I, I talk a lot about, but I think the thing that I learned from my running was... Um, how important it is to have that resilience is to have is one is, is to look after yourself but what does looking after yourself and I know you know with my menopause if I haven't eaten very well or I've you know had too much wine then I know I don't sleep well um, I know that you know exercise for me now is is just my savior it's my I don't run or do exercise for anything else probably apart from my mental health and I feel better about myself so a lot of it is we have to take control and we have to look after ourselves but it's like how important and I always say you know when I was running it was all those little tiny little increments that I put in which you know at the time seemed almost irrelevant as in you know you take your pillow to competitions but they make a difference and I think what I've been trying to do now, and especially when it is challenging times, is just saying, look, what are all the little things that I can do? And it might be, I don't know, just to get out and go a walk at lunchtime. And, and you know, I've learned a lot around deep breathing. And, you know, when I get anxious to actually go into that, you know, three breaths in and hold it and then you know five breaths yeah. out or six breaths out just because it gets you know air to your brain and all those sorts of things but it's just finding little things that can all add up but it goes back to information and being isn't it being told yeah. it, because you know when I, when I didn't even know that you know you were hitting that menopausal age and all of a sudden it's like what is this all about and it's so hard to find anything and it's yeah. only that 
us, we're having this conversation now and you might talk to your girlfriends, which I think has been the saviour is having, you know, to have people to talk to and, you know, those coffee mornings you have or walks or runs or whatever is all about chatting to your friends. And I think that's still so important, but it is finding what is your resilience? What do you put in place? And it might be, oh, you know, lots of little things, you know, I, I started doing Pilates and yoga and, and stuff like that much more. I've taught myself to nap on a train on <laughs> the way up to London if I'm working because I probably haven't slept brilliantly that night because you're woken up with hot sweats or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Can't quite, you are not very good on five hours sleep. So it's, you know, how do you compromise? And I think it's about, you know, yes, we do have to do all this balancing. Uh, but it's finding those little things. And I think that comes back to your question about goal setting. And I think I've, I'm always about goal setting. And it, it's it's probably been the, the biggest thing that's installed with me from a very young age. Uh, it's what is your purpose today? And what is it that you want to achieve? And it doesn't have to be massive, but it's actually having something. And I think that has really helped me, especially on days when I've really struggled, you know, not feeling good about myself or whatever else. And it, and it is about, well, okay, today it'd be really good if I can, I don't know, go for a walk for two miles or, you know, do a bit of gardening. You know, it's having something that you put in place. Um, and it might be at work that, you know, I'm going to have a really healthy lunch today. It doesn't have to be massive, but I think it's having goals within the days. And I think... Yeah, I'm all, I'm all for one for having big goals. And um, as we lose our confidence as we get older, and I think we always think we can't get into uh, the roles that we need to get into. And that is because we don't believe in ourselves. So there is a little bit about, um, you know, I think the thing I learned from running is that you have to have everything in place to be able, and clarity to be able to execute what you're going to do. As in, if you know what that goal is in five years time, you can't just expect to turn up at that. You've got to have clarity in what the moves are. And I think that, that has really helped. What do I put in place in six months? Where do I want to be in a year? And I think that helps you when you have that self-doubt. When you have those days which are really tough, you then have to reflect on what those goals are and what I'm trying to achieve and in the long term. Um, and that's why I always call it my day-to-day -day goals and then my sort of uh, ongoing goals or dream goals, as I used to quote when I was running, just that that's where I want to be in five years. And just, yeah, really, really important. Yeah. I mean, I use the five and ten year periods a lot for women because it takes them through either to the middle or to the end of their menopause. And I think that within the workplace, if employers understood that at the other end of the menopause, women are um, far more focused, they're far more driven because of the changes in their hormones, they, um, they become the powerhouses that they're destined to be, um, and that those ambitions suddenly become much more achievable by women. And at that point, it's then important to keep that, that um, path up to the, the executive suite open yeah. and they have to understand that that sort of succession building. So they're starting to bring women into senior management and they're starting to bring them into, uh, into the board, etc. But at yeah. that time, that's when women are at their most dynamic. They just have to get through their menopause mm -hmm. in order to get there. 
you must see a, an increase in the number of women within the workplace who are taking up those senior roles and pushing for those senior levels, especially now that you're doing women's health, yeah. etc. Yeah. I do, and, and it's interesting because people say, who do you have role models? And of course, I used to have, role models have been a very important part of my whole life. But my role models have changed now. My role models are when I go into organisations and see these most inspiring women who are the leaders and what they've come up against and how they've got them. And I'm like, wow, you know, that's brilliant. Let's share those stories and what great role models they are. I get called in a lot because people have that self-doubt and they haven't quite got to that next stage. And it's about, you know, helping them to find those tools. And I think the other thing that's quite, I think is so important is that we don't, it's actually recognizing those signs of self-doubt, linking it to, a reason almost oh that is because my hormones play. you know it's like it's almost like the last thing we do yeah. as women it's like you know normally it's you, you say or you blame so and so you know I didn't sleep very well I've done this or whatever and it's the last thing you go oh okay that's why I feel like this and that's yeah. you know and it's just understanding that and I think that whole thing I think it is that inner voice it, we're so quick to say do you know what? We, we can't do that. We're not good enough. And he's better over there. Or, you know, or maybe I'll just sit here and I'll watch from this side. And if we just keep, you know, listening to that voice, we, we won't go up to that level that we could be so good at. And I think the thing that I learned when I was running is that when that voice comes in and it, it will always be there, I think that's who we are as women. Yeah. And I think we go yeah. through it's, it's bigger that voice and it's massive I don't know why but mine is always a male voice um, and I was always told you never finish your sentence every time it comes in and your bit your butt ifs you you stop it you screw it up in a piece of paper in your head you throw it out and you say do you know what I'm just as good as them I've worked hard I deserve this I am the best person for this job I know I can do this and the more that you you just tell yourself um, you know, and some, when you start, you don't believe it. You're thinking, what is this rubbish that's coming out of my mouth? But the more that you do it and the more that that goes into your mind, before you know it, you go, wow, that's amazing. I've just done that and I thought I would never do that. Um, and I think that's the piece that I learned from my running, but that's the piece that I draw on now when you do have that anxiety, yeah. you do self-doubt of what we're all going through. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, that's amazing. I mean, that's phenomenal. That's so, that's such an interesting and useful piece. The piece of paper, throw it away. Do you know what? I'm just as good as you. I've worked just as hard as you and achieving things. And I think if women did that every day, every time that voice came in, every time that hot flush came on and they have that like, oh my God, I can't. Or they forget the sentence, mid-sentence, which is really common as well. Yeah. So they go to say something and... <laughs> oh God! Oh no! Well, have it gone? To to be able to say, you know what? That's what's going on. And and when the voice comes in, going, oh God! I knew you couldn't do it. To to tear it up and throw yeah. it away. But, I mean that that's incredible. And and I think that that you've touched on it a couple of times now. And we've talked about the the lack of awareness of women of what they're about to go through before we arrive at our menopause. There isn't anything that says, um, you know, this is what the menopause is. I certainly didn't know anything about no. it before mine. Um, and, you know, this is the range of symptoms of which there's a long list of about 40 symptoms. 
no, probably two or three. And, uh, and then suddenly they arrive and you think, good God, what's happening? I'm going mad or I've got early onset dementia yeah. or, you know, I'm, there's something very, very wrong. And it is literally your hormones doing yeah. tango on their way out, really. And, and, and I guess it's like, you know, periods, everybody's different. Um, but, you know, so you just don't know when it's going to hit you, do you? That's the thing. In one minute, you could be fine. And then it's like you've got three weeks of feeling absolutely like, you know, horrible and hating yourself. I think it's, I'm, I'm always been one of these people that, you know, I think it's really important to have that knowledge. And I think it's great that we're talking about it. And, and I think it is about asking and finding out and trying to get hold of that knowledge as well. But I, I also think it's about not putting up with it. I mean, sometimes you can't help it. Yeah. But I think I am one for, you know, if you need to go to the doctors and get HRT, then, you know, do what you need to do. I've, you know, I've looked loads about what I eat, um, you know, and I know there's certain foods that trigger it. You know, as I said, I know if I haven't exercised, then, you know, I don't, I'm not better at all as myself. I'm not myself at all. But So I think there is, you know, it's not always accepted. You know, try and read out, try to get knowledge, but try and ask for help and yeah. get support. I think that's really important and not to just put up with it and give up on yourself almost. I think it's about trying to find ways and whatever you need to do and support and just look for it. And, you know, and, and yet, you know, you have to dig deep at times, I must admit. And I, and I really hope that within organisations, that you know, our workshops would just, you know, will be part and parcel of it, you know. Yeah. And I'm finding that often we're having men's health days, which I think is brilliant, which is something that we've never used to do because they're the worst, world's worst, aren't they? Yeah. Doctors and everything. But, you know, and, but we're having, you know, the, the women's menopausal workshops as well. And I think that's, it's great. And we just need to be making sure that we're getting that knowledge out to as many people as possible. Yeah, and I think that's, that's incredible. And it's incredible that you're doing it within corporates. I mean, Awareness for women is one thing, but awareness for everybody within the workplace is, is a major step forward. And when as a society or as an organisation, we can say that we recognise what the menopause is, we talk about it openly, it's a discussion that we're not afraid to have. It's yeah. not one of those ones where everyone goes, you know, embarrassed and thinks to themselves, oh my goodness, I can't have that conversation. Everybody knows what it is. Everybody knows what adjustments can be offered. Everybody knows that there is nothing to be embarrassed about. And it's just another phase of life. When we get to that, that's when we know we're actually starting to make a change. Yeah. And I guess, it, it, you know, it's probably only just starting to talk about it in the, in the last sort of year, isn't it? Really, yeah. realistically. And it will take time. And, um, and I think the other thing is that how... It affects people at so many different ages. You know, you can do your perimenopause when you're, you know, 40, aren't you? And you've got yeah. no idea. You just think it's going to hit you at 50 and that's it. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's, yeah, it can hit you at any sort of stage, really. And I think the more that we can, as you say, you know, we're, we're, we're probably a year into it now, but we are at this point, we're talking and, and hopefully there's lots of other people that are doing exactly the same thing. And, and it is a big step to get it into organisations like you're saying. And it, and it is, we've only just started doing it in the last sort of three months, something like that. So it hasn't been long by any means, but let's just keep, yeah, pushing it forward and offering it. Yeah, and I think um, the, the fact that uh, <clears throat> leadership 
are pulling this into their organizations along with HR tends to indicate that there is a real appetite for change. There is, people are aware that they are at the beginning, but you know, work, workplace is simply a reflection of our societal understanding and expectations. And therefore, you know, as it's changing outside and we're seeing it more in the news and we're seeing it more on the telly and, and in newspapers, then, um, then workplace starts to reflect that as well. And I think that that appetite for acceptance of something like this is, is a great indicator. And I think that the other point is, is that women are coming back from having children and they're, so, you know, they're coming back into the workforce. They've probably got another couple of years. And then, as you say, some of them may have only been back in, in the workplace for a couple of years and then blimey, they've got all this stuff on again. So, you know, it's this huge roller coaster of change and uh, expectation of them to be working at a certain level getting as we've already discussed pulled from multiple directions so i think that you know it's it is a an environment which the workplace is going to have to flex for and offer women far more understanding of well-being i mean it's interesting i think you know we i've been in the sort of corporate well-being arena for a number of years now but it is only literally been probably the last five years where organizations are, are, are understanding they've got to do something uh, not just in this area, but just in general health and well-being. You know, but I think before that it was always just a bit of a tick of the box. But now, because there are you know, so many mental health issues um, and, you know, what we're talking about, women's menopause, all those sorts of things are thinking, right, we need to have good structural programs in place. And, you know, and it's finally, after years of just, you know, what, what people used to call it the fluffy bit, um, is now you know it's now sticking and um, they're now having well-being managers they're now you know putting complete programs in they're now being you know we're now able to measure you know how what effects well-being can have in an organization you know it's it's slowly getting that message but it's been you know it's been a, a hard tough sort of struggle but it's it's great that we are starting to move into into that area and, and that is the last five years and now we can pick these you know these topics up and really do them properly and, and knowledgeable and give that information and um yeah i mean as you're saying you know we we struggled with getting women back to work after having the kids and that, you know, you get the baby brain and you lose the confidence mm -hmm. uh, because you think, God, I might've taken five or six years out and I'm doing, you know, a couple of days, maybe I've gone back part-time or I'm yeah. working from home and that knocks your confidence. So it's, you know, that is a tough, tough sort of time. And that's where you've got to be strong again. And that's yeah. where the goals are so important and that mind strength of, you know, okay, this is fine. And also I think it's about, Going back to, I think one thing I've learned is being true to yourself and what is important to you. Yeah. And yeah, do you know what? I love my work, um, but I love my family. And I think, you know, people used to say to me, well, you know, what is your work-life balance? You know, sometimes my work-life balance is absolute rubbish and I've missed sports day or, but I think the thing I've learned is to be true to yourself. Don't beat yourself up if it doesn't all go you know if you're not in control because you're never in control no one's I always remember someone who was running a I won't say who but top organization and she just said you know I just I'm up and down I've got no idea you know whether I'm doing a good job at home whether I'm doing a good job here I'm just doing the best job that I can 
you know, there's all different stages that we have to help and support, not just women, but men throughout it all, as my husband keeps saying. Um, but it's about getting that support and putting great programs in place and asking for help and at each stage. Yeah. And I think it is about, sometimes it is about being true to yourself and that self-belief. Definitely. Yeah, definitely self-belief. And I think the point that you make there about doing the best that you can is so important. We put so much pressure on ourselves to, to be like women in every single aspect of life. And it's just not feasible. Um, the idea that you can, you can be a, an amazing mother, you know, make cakes for your kids at breakfast time <laughs> school. You know, you've made the outfit for World Book Day. And, yeah. uh, you know, you've got an amazing career. You do exercise all the time. There aren't enough hours in the day to do it all, all the time. It has yeah. to flex and change and just be accepting that you can only do what you can do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the thing I had to learn because, you know, when you're, when you're, you are a sports person, you're a very selfish person. You know, it is all about you every day and you do everything, you know, to the book and, you, you know, all these sorts of things. So, you know, the day that you retire, it is a case of, you know, there's other people in your life now and you might have children and you got married and, you know, you've got to learn. It's not just all about you. Um, and, you know, life gets full up with a lot of other things and not just your nice little you always say to the athletes, you've got it easy, really. You haven't got all the other things <laughs> that we all have to do. And it, it is. And I think it took me a long time to work out that, you know, yes, I might have been pretty good on the sport, but I can't be pretty good in every field that I'm doing. And I'm just doing the best that I can be. <laughs> and that, I, that's so good to hear. You know, it's, it's very tempting in this Instagram world to believe oh. that, you know, amazing athletes such as yourself are just fantastic across the boards that everything you turn your hand to you're just brilliant and to hear that you know there are days when you're just not doing so great in other areas just makes it all feel so much more attainable for the rest of us so yeah. it, it's very very good to hear yeah i think you know and it goes back to doesn't it we do give ourselves that hard time but it's just yeah, and I think it's something I've learned is to be more patient with myself <laughs> as well. I think it's quite interesting that, um, you know, patience is is everything. And just step back a bit sometimes and think about it rather than always jumping in. I think sometimes it's like, I've got to get this sorted here. I've got to do this. And I think one of the things that probably my husband's taught me in some respects is that, you know, you can make a decision on that tomorrow or the next day. It doesn't have to be instant and you know and once you've had you've reflected on it you know sometimes it's a different decision you would have actually made and you know thank god i did you know have a little think yeah. about it so i think you know and i don't know whether that's an age thing or that's a society that we're now in it's just instant and we want that it now and we want to make that decision and all those sorts of things rather than say okay I'll just have a little think about it and you know what what you know a bit more meaning behind it i think yeah, I think just that, that time to, as you were saying before, to breathe, to give your brain a bit more time to process the information sometimes does give you a little bit more of an opportunity to see if it is the right decision or the wrong decision or you want to do something else. That's just part of that process, isn't it? Giving yourself some time. Yeah, and I think living in the now, I think, you know, the other thing is I've often 
you know, uh, you know, we talk about mindfulness, you know, mindfulness to me is about living in the now and I don't know, watching the leaves come off the trees. You know what I mean? I think it's just, it's reminding us of what life is. And I think it's interesting, you know, that, that the times we're going through at the moment with all the uncertainty allows you to, to live in the now and the values, isn't it? Which I think yeah. is really important. I agree, it is. Um, I think as, as we're coming to the end of our time today, um, and we've talked about all sorts of things. We've talked about, you know, dealing with the change that the menopause brings, the level of adversity that you might have to face while you're going through it, and the challenges of dealing with the symptoms on a day-to-day -day basis, especially within the workplace. Um, and and if, even if you're a, a non-menopausal woman, if you're working with menopausal women, how to have those conversations and to make yourself aware, what were the top three or four things that you could think of that would help women and those that they work with to, uh, to deal with unusual times and complex conversations such as the menopause? Yeah. I think it's um, it's not to jump straight in, you know, if someone's said something or got angry, I think it goes back to a little bit of time and thinking about, you know, of what, why they've said that and to have that reflective time. Um, I think so often we, you know, we might, you know, if, if we're, we're having a particularly bad day, we might say something that we don't really mean. And I think it's not taking that personally all the time. I think it's about asking how people are. I think so often we don't go and have a cup of coffee or we don't go for a walk or have somebody. I think it's often to have somebody in the workplace that is, a, a, you know, a, a working friend if, as such and yeah. that we can sit and have a cup of coffee with or go for a walk at lunch is really important just to get things off and out there. Um, so I think it's that whole thing around talking to people and not, and yes, it's great to have friends outside, but I think within the workplace, I think that's really important. Um, I would say get out of the office, get space. Don't just sit in there all day. Um, I think that's really important. And I think the other thing is, is how much what we eat can have a real uh, effect on who we are as individuals, you know, and especially dealing with menopause, you know, if you, if you haven't had breakfast and then you go and grab a croissant at 11 o'clock, you know, you're going to feel awful in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, so I would say, yeah, my last one would be, you know, just have a look at what we are eating and how we fuel ourselves and, you know, and, and what is a good balanced diet and just, yeah, I've, it's really helped me in so many different areas and what allergies we might have and reactions to certain things and wheat or dairy or whatever else, but yeah, how it can have an effect. So just understand yourselves a bit more. Okay. Well, Sally, thank you so much. Gosh, there are so many questions that I have, <laughs> but I, you know, that aren't in for today's conversation, but goodness me, a hero from my, my uh, younger years. So it's an absolute privilege to speak to you today. Thank you. Well, thank you. And it's been really an interesting chat. You know, it's not a subject that I've particularly talked about a lot on a, on a podcast. And, I, and it's been really interesting and I've learned a lot from you as well. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.